0: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty, with your host, Brian McWilliams. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the show. I am Brian McWilliams, as always, here for this lovely day in Liberty Land. Yes, here where we are in the brink of nuclear war, where our corporations are punishing the poor people of Russia, where we have people literally marching in the streets calling for no-fly zones. But yet, I am here to tell you, it's all going to be all right. I promise. promise you that. You have my word as a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, Welcome to the show, guys. By the way, to remind you, there is this feed that goes out on the main stream, the Lions of Liberty Network feed, as well as Electric Liberty Land, the solo feed. Of course, we broke our shows up because we wanted to have different opportunities. And by the way, yes, this show is going to be rebranding very soon. I'm waiting for a certain somebody to finish up my theme song, and then it is going to happen. I hope you're going to like the new format. It's going to be a little bit funnier. I'm going to ease into that. we got a couple weeks here. I'm going to ease into it so it's not a shock, like dipping your balls in ice cold water. But... Or labia. Don't want to be sexist. (laughs) The point is, ice cold water. But suffice to say... We've got the solo feeds for my show, for uh, the flagship show with Mark, for John's Finding Freedom, because we want you guys to have the opportunity not only to pick and choose as you like, I should hope that you listen to all of the shows, but also because we want to have audiences that might be attuned to one or the other. Maybe they want more comedy from me or current events. Maybe they want more economics. Maybe they want more whatever it might be. We want to give them the opportunity. So I have my solo feed, Electric Liberty Land, which you can go and find anywhere podcasts are heard. And I did a special State of the Union reaction show over the weekend. Came out, recorded live Friday for the Patreon. And then... I had issued it on Saturday to the Electric Liberty Land feed. So if you want to laugh along with me, get pissed off and call Biden a liar, well, that's where to find it. Go to that Electric Liberty Land feed, give a listen, give a download, subscribe and uh, and share if you'd be so kind. So, that's where you can find that action. And before I get into the show proper, I want to remind you guys we have a fantastic sponsor, IP Vanish. Now, IP Vanish is going to prevent you from being chased around the internet by goblins, by ghouls, by spooks, by specters that are going to steal your information, the hackers, the advertisers. If you're tired of having virtual stalkers around every corner, when you're online, IP vanish is the way to go. Best thing about IP. Well, actually there's many great things about IP vanish, but one of the best things is doesn't sacrifice speed on any of your devices and works on all of your devices Click of a button, you're protected, right? If you want to log your fire stick on, you want to use it on your phone, if you want to use it on your iPad, if you want to use it for your Roku, whatever it might be, IP Vanish is going to protect your privacy and you can even hide your location with it, right? So it really is going to be a protective layer between you and the internet spying world out there. Not only that, but IP Vanish has a 4.65 over on Trustpilot, thousands upon thousands of reviews, and, and, if you go to VP, or I'm sorry, ipvanish.com forward slash lions, use promo code lions, you can get 70% off a year long subscription. This is basically dollars, dollars a month, by the way a month so go check that out make sure to protect your privacy and take control of what is being seen on the internet guys stop sharing everything with the world again go to ipvanish.com forward slash lions promo code lions and you can get 70% off again just remind you this protects your browsing history your passwords protects your um i don't know anything you want to protect really so get on it protect yourself today get that 70% discount for our listeners ipvanish.com forward slash lions promo code Lions. Now, I mentioned I did my solo feed stuff with the State of the Union address, but I also have for our Patreon, which is just patreon.com forward slash Lions or lionsofliberty.locals, a uh, little as five bucks a month, guys, you know, to quote Bill Murray, um, you know, <laughs> don't be a jerk, right? Famous line from, uh, from Ghostbusters. But $5 a month, you can get my good morning fuckhead rants. Now I'm going to play one for you to give you a little taster and also because I think it's timely about an interesting twist in the section 230 laws and Clarence Thomas. So let me play that for you quick. I'll give you a little sneak preview. Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to talk about these ridiculous corporate woke warfare as I have now termed it and pulling products from the access to Russians and pulling their banking and how that gets into crypto. And of course, the crypto, uh, I'm sorry, Coinbase CEO, uh, and his absolutely contradictory, hypocritical, government-ass kissing statement that you are not going to believe. But before we get into that, check this out. Good morning, fuckhead. Who's the fuckhead? Is it me or is it you? I don't know. Let's talk about crap. Good morning, fuckhead. Good morning, fuckheads. Interesting story today that I came across on the old Tweet Shack. And it is basically that Justice Clarence Thomas seems to be indicating that they may take a look at Section 230. Now, this is in the context of a rejected case that was put forth by uh, Jane Dover's Facebook. Basically, 15-year-old girl was lured into a meeting from by in 2012 by a uh, adult male sexual predator shortly she was repeatedly raped beaten and trafficked for sex right she escaped sued facebook in texas saying that it violated the uh, texas uh, anti sex trafficking statute and committed various common law offenses this was thrown out because under section 230 they were saying well we are not liable for content published by third parties on our platform or the use of that that content now What's interesting is that Clarence Thomas, at the end of this uh, decision, said that, quote, it is hard to watch you here. I'll read two different things. It's hard to see why the Protection 230 grants publishers against being held strictly liable for third parties' content should pre- content should protect Facebook from liability for its own acts and omissions. It's kind of a weird sentence. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, the real meat of it, though, is at the end. So... He says he concurs with the court's denial of Certiorari, basically that they're going to hear it. Um, so he agrees in denying that. However, he says we should, however, address the proper scope of immunity under Section 230 in an appropriate case. So clearly. He is thinking about this, and I have to wonder if other Supreme Court justices are as well, because it seems to be inviting people, basically throwing— if you were to put out a sign on the highway that said, hey, we're looking for cases to come and take this on, it certainly seems that Justice uh, Thomas is indicating that and saying, hey, all comers, come our way. We want to take a look at this. We want to actually rule on this in an appropriate manner. Now, I will say, for me, you know, I've got a two-year-old daughter— I do not want her to be sex trafficked. I cannot make that explicit enough. And I think that people that are sex traffickers should be put to death. I think that they uh, should have a bullet to their head. I think rapists should be, uh, you know, frankly, I'd be, I have no problem with putting a rapist to death. I'm not saying the state should do it, but let's say if something happened to my kid, I think that uh, if I go out and shoot somebody in the head and I have uh, proof that it was, in fact, that person, nah, no harm, no foul. But... When you talk about Section 230, right, I think that Facebook should not be held liable for this personally. I think that if basically you have a a conundrum wherein if Facebook is to monitor all communications, and I have to think that this is probably some guy that posed as somebody else, probably catfished this girl, sent her direct messages saying, hey, you know, let's talk, let's meet up, and then this happened, right? Horrible. But Does that responsibility fall on Facebook to monitor every single communication on its service? Now, granted, they already are because we know that they leaked information to the federal government about this. So that's the tricky part of this as well. We know that they already do monitor communications. We know that they are keeping a watchful eye on every communication sent. But if you explicitly say, well, under Section 230, we're now monitoring every single thing. You can be sued over this content you post. Well, it's going to be a huge deterrent from people using that platform or any platform for that matter. Because you have to wonder what this opens us up to, not only from a platform perspective, but from a personal perspective. If you can subpoena these these different messages, et cetera. Now, the other thing is that I don't think it's reasonable – To hold a platform response, because even if they have people monitoring it, how do you how do you in real time track conversations two people are having and then determine the intent from those conversations like this is fucking ridiculous? How is Facebook supposed to know that this guy? You know, it, number one, is he pretending to be somebody else or not? Is it just under a different context? Is he saying, "Oh, I'm going to tutor you"? Like I don't know the details of this, and I think it's insane to say that Facebook is somehow supposed to sleuth it out and blues clues their way to figuring out if this person's a sexual predator, who is or is not a sexual predator. This just is going to lead to vastly more censorship, less vastly more deplatforming, vastly vastly more uh, intensive examination of every conversation going on there. Because, again, I'm sure that this wasn't an explicit I'm going to sex traffic you conversation that would be flagged anyway. So to say, oh, well, Facebook should be uh, criminally liable for what happened to this girl is asinine. I mean, if anything, it should fall on the parents to have some inkling of what's going on with their kid. Say, hey, don't go meet up with some fucking weirdo that you met on the Internet. And maybe you won't get sex trafficked. I know you're going to say, Brian, you're victim blaming. Well, yeah, a little bit. I am. I'm not saying that it, you know, that it's a good thing. But shit, man, raise your kids to not make idiotic mistakes with people they meet online. If there's one thing you should be able to drive into your child's head, it's that you should never go meet somebody that you meet online. But still, you think of the number of lawsuits. That would be forthcoming from people being taken advantage of on social media, not just for sex trafficking, but for getting ripped off on a laptop, getting ripped off on a puppy but by, you know, it's like any number of little things is going to currently be brought to the forefront. It's going to clog up the criminal justice system on this, this niggly little bullshit on top of the major cases. Right. And again, I want every rapist. I want every sex trafficker. I want everybody to be brought to justice. I want child sex predators to be put to death. I'm all for it. But I also think that it is ridiculous to expect a publishing platform to monitor every communication and be the arbiters of what is in fact going to be a bad outcome. Basically, future criming this and expecting somehow this to be a result that's going to lead to more open communication, more freedom, less censorship is absolutely asinine. And you got to get your head right about it. As again, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The best of intentions is to keep these kids from being sex trafficked, to keep people from being taken advantage of online. But the downside to it is a far greater danger than the upside. Okay, good morning, fuckheads. How about it? Right? There you go. So those are my daily rants you guys get, you know, between five and ten minutes, depending on the topic. Sometimes it's just random ideas. Sometimes, well, most of the time it's news items. So anyway, check that out, guys. As little as five bucks a month, you can get this uh, this fantastic content. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or Lions of Liberty dot locals. Now, let's get back into it. Um, I had mentioned, you know, that the, the thing right now that I'm just shaking my head at is this corporate woke warfare right? And yes, I know all you smarties out there. I posted, I said, you know, the corporatization of the military industrial complex is sickening to watch. And people are like, it's always been there. Yeah, I know. I'm well aware. But this level, what we're seeing right now of the corporate woke warfare is something that I've never seen in my life, right? When we're talking about a banking platform, pulling out of a nation because its its leadership has gone to war with a neighboring country right and again we're not who knows what's going to come out of this maybe there's war crimes you know they're saying that putin is bombing the uh, evacuation route that's been laid out in ukraine that to me sounds like complete bullshit i'm just going to say that right out front uh, you know a lot of things i've said i've gotten some things wrong in projecting what putin was going to do in the situation right and i own that i still do not think there is any chance in hell that Putin is going to go and bomb a humanitarian corridor in the Ukraine. That would simply invite just, I mean, it's like like talking about Assad, you know, it's like, oh, why would he gas his own people? It's the one thing you can't do. And then everybody in the world would go, okay, well, that's a green light. We got to go in now because he's just bombing civilians. He's bombing the humanitarian escape route. Meanwhile, no one's talking about Yemen. And people trapped there. No one's talking about Israel keeping all the people in the Gaza Strip, right? But no, you know, Putin might have bombed this escape route for the Ukrainian people. So nice to say, seems like a nonsense story. But Putin has surprised me in the past. Regardless, I have never seen people crying out in the streets, right? For And this is literal, for, number one, a no-fly zone. Right, which people are literally in the streets in Michigan and in various other cities, marching around with Ukrainian flags, shouting for a no-fly zone. Now, a no-fly zone, as the Pentagon's own people have stated over Ukraine, is probably the fastest way to get us into World War III. The fastest way to get us to where those nukes actually might start flying is to imply into uh, impose a no-fly zone. Because when you have a no-fly zone, you have the chance for a couple different things to happen. Number one, maybe it's great. Maybe everybody obeys it, right? The odds of that are slim, number one. Number two, when you have a no-fly zone, you routinely have people testing the limits of that no-fly zone intentionally or unintentionally. We have more incidents of fighter pilots, fighter planes, bombers and everything shooting at each other, shooting at boats, shooting at planes, shooting each other down when no-fly zones are imposed, which can lead to open warfare, right? If you're talking about a dangerous situation that doesn't need to exist, It's imposing a no-fly zone over the Ukraine right now because that just invites, again, like I said, not only Russians infringing in the no-fly zone, but NATO aircraft going into Russian airspace, which then who knows what these Russian pilots are thinking. They might think they're coming in our side. I now have the green light. Maybe they're told that. They might think, well, I don't know what's happening. Maybe this is them coming in to bomb us and bomb our facilities. So I'm going to attack them first. Who knows? Maybe these NATO ships don't even realize they're across the border. They think they're still in the no-fly zone and thus are shooting down a Russian ship to defend the no-fly zone. You know, you can see how this thing spirals out of control and these planes start going down and then the, the nukes start flying, right? It's a simple one, two, three step here. And when you have the Pentagon's own people who are supposed to know what they're talking about saying, this is a horrible idea. And yet you have a mass population in the streets chanting for it. Something's broken, Right. And we're seeing this get pushed through not only social media channels, but also with the corporate, woke, societal uh, infrastructure they build out here, right? Because you've got corporations that are responding to a war state. And I guess, you know, talking about this, this humanitarian corridor and Putin's suspectedly bombing it, which, again, I think is bullshit, you're talking about pulling banking, visa is said they're not going to allow their transactions to take place in Russia all of Russia right during this in response to Putin's invasion now as far as i can tell presuming this this bombing of uh, or shelling of the humanitarian corridor isn't accurate i'm not seeing war crimes taking place. I'm not seeing just, you know, massive destruction in cities and murdering of civilians ongoing. I I haven't seen reports saying that. I've seen, you know, a bomb hit a, a place by accident. I'm not excusing this, mind you. I'm not saying that it's a good thing that anybody has gotten killed in this. You know, warfare warfare is always atrocious. But I'm not seeing humanitarian issues or something like that where you'd say, okay, visa, visa, we understand when you pulled out. I mean, did visa pull out of Syria? Did visa pull out of, of uh, any of these other places? This is the first time I'm hearing of this. So they turn off access for Russians to their bank accounts, right? Unprecedented and basically a giant middle finger to the people of Russia who have zero say in what's happening right now. Russia is not a democracy. I know it pretends to be. It's not a democracy. Putin regularly assassinates or jails his political opponents. Any election that actually takes place is a farce predetermined. He is the dictator there. They have all of the power. People in Russia are routinely disappeared. They're taken off to the gulags. They're not, they don't have free speech. They don't even have free newspapers, right? The newspapers that were free have often been targeted, shut down, their editors jailed. Russia, for fuck's sake, just put 4,000 plus people in prison for speaking out against the war in Ukraine. Not that this is unprecedented, mind you. One of the the knocks against uh, Hayek was that in the past he had said, well, you know, I can understand how in times of war you might want to limit free speech, right? But this is an example of how the Russian people don't have the capability to speak out. They're not going to overthrow the Russian military nor the government, which has reigned with terror and an iron fist behind the Iron Curtain for decades And somehow we think that visa cutting them off from their money is going to be what's going to change the mind. That's going to somehow change Putin and get the people in the streets and rioting instead of them just being fucked, which is basically what's happened. Now I'll talk about the Bitcoin aspect of this, right? And how, you know, like Mark just had a guy I'm talking about uh, how we have to fight back against these country backed currencies, right? Which we've been talking about forever, but let me talk about some of the more ridiculous things happening here, too, and how you know our society is out there marching, like I said, calling for a no-fly zone and calling for boycotts against Coca-Cola and Pepsi and, I don't know, whatever, Hermes bags because they dare to do business in Russia. Again, can somebody explain to me why denying a Russian a Coke is going to end or alter a war if anything it would make the russians stronger right okay you deny the sugar water to the russian military no more heart palpitations for the russians no more uh no more sugar highs and then crashes you'd catch them sleeping in their foxholes right you cut off the coca-cola that's a great good for the country it's not like the russians even need coca-cola to mix with their fucking vodka they drink their vodka and eat everybody knows that that's just it's it's so fucking stupid And it comes around to kind of how our society's evolved, right? It can't just be that thing is happening over there, which I don't agree with, right? But it's also none of my business. And now everything everywhere is everybody's business. And these people, just like they want to cancel anything they don't agree with, right? And and the people out marching the streets are, by the way, I don't know if it's a mix of just leftists. I don't know if it's GOP and leftists. I don't know who's out there marching, right? Right. But I will say it is indicative of our society right now, right? It's just that they want to be vindictive towards the people of Russia. And that's what sanctions are in general, to bring this back full circle, right? Sanctions in general are vindictive towards the people of a nation. They rarely impact leaders. They rarely lead to change. Virtually never. I mean, North Korea has been sanctioned forever to the end. Of this. Russia's been sanctioned for decades. Has it led to regime change? No, of course not. All it's done is made life miserable for the people there, made them hate Americans for making their lives more miserable. And because the state apparatus still controls the messaging and what happens at the narrative and the media, the people there are convinced, oh, this is all America's fault. So let's keep pulling our products. Let's pull Coke. Let's, oh, by the way, my favorite one was they banned cats. Russian you can't buy a Russian cat (laughs) no more Russian cat exports because you know probably like they trade dolphins in the Navy back in World War I and World War II to swim with bombs on their heads I'm sure these Russians are training their cats to shit dynamite in the kitty litter nobody needs kitty litter bombs guys you want to die a quick death a quick smelly death kitty litter bomb but we've also got cats being being barred from competition right Cats being barred from competitions. Who is this going to impact? Is this going to inspire all of Russia's cat ladies and all of their flamboyant gays to go out and riot because they can't put their cats in competitions anymore? <laughs> what are we talking about? You imagine a crazy Russian cat lady right around throwing fucking cats at Putin. You know, it's like that, that Arab who threw a shoe at George W. Bush. <laughs> just She's said the fucking crowd whipping cats at Putin. Oh, of course, probably with his KGB training, catch it, snap it, snack, eat it. Right? Instantly. The gays out there. The one Ukraine. I'm gonna get some emails that now. That'll get me banned. That's the one. That gay that, that gay cat owner joke. Apologies to all my gay cat owner fans. I know I have several of you out there. It's just it's just abysmally stupid. But you see, it's this petulant, it's this. It's this, we must punish whatever we don't understand, whatever we don't agree with. whatever, And it's it's just vindictive. And counter, you know, it's counter to what's actually going to help the situation, as I said. Now that brings us around to Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's kind of like a last refuge for these people that now, because the banking system has been pulled out from under them, so the everyday people of Russia can't make a living, you know, can't can't access uh, their credit. Well, they're turning to Bitcoin. Awesome, right? This is the whole point. A decentralized monetary system that isn't going to depend on a visa, that doesn't get turned off and on like that because some psychopath CEO decides he wants to make a fucking political statement as he's putting his finger up and guessing which way the woke warfare winds are blowing. So we turn to crypto. Crypto, we turn to decentralized solutions. Now, here's what's funny. Bitcoin CEO right i'm oh, sorry not, not bitcoin ceo bitcoin is now a ceo coinbase's ceo uh hold on what's his name who looks oh god he looks a little bit like me but even creepier oh disgusting brian armstrong right his crypto ceo brian armstrong points out he goes well some ordinary russians are using crypto as a lifeline right now that the currency has collapsed and it has of course we're also destroying their currency their banking system we're turning off their access to, to their own funds in addition to taking away regular Russian's credit. So <laughs> we've collapsed their whole system of banking and taken away their credit cards. And we expect them to be like, oh, wonderful. Well, now we'll definitely pull out of this war and give up and, and view Americans as friends and get back to get back to normal and view these European, all these Europeans. It's going to be happy from here on out, guys. It's like if you walked up to somebody, punched him in the fucking stomach as hard as you could, and then we're like, you want to go get something to eat? It's not going to work. It's all it is is embedding in people a deep hatred. So anyway, they are in opposition to what the country is doing, as this guy points out. At least they would have been up until everybody else in the world decided to fuck them. So he says this is a, you know, a side thing. People are adopting it. And then he goes into talk about Sanctions. Yes, yeah, sanctions. They screen people to make sure that people sign up for their services against global watch lists and brought transactions from IP addresses that might belong to sanctioned individuals or entities or regulated financial services businesses. So while this asshole, and yes, I'm going to call him the fucking asshole, hits on the benefit of crypto, he is more than happy as a exchange provider to deny people that life-saving access because they want to kiss ass on government side, right? Now, there's another thing. I, I brought up this other post from this other uh, this other chump, which is Coinbase's legal counsel. And there's a post by Paul Grewal, chief legal officer. And I'll read you this paragraph. Coinbase is committed to building a safe and responsible financial system that promotes economic freedom around the world, right? Now, take that. With a grain of salt, put that over there. Remember, he just said that (laughs) because he's about to undo that statement. We strive to be the most trusted platform for buying, selling, and exchanging digital assets, helping everyday people to participate in the crypto economy. We earn that trust by working hard to ensure the integrity of all transactions supported by our platform. And a critical part of that is our compliance with economic sanctions. Oh, great. Coinbase is committed to complying with sanctions. In the past few weeks, governments around the world have imposed a range of sanctions on individuals and territories in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Sanctions play a vital role in promoting national security and deterring unlawful aggression, and Coinbase fully supports these efforts by government authorities. Sanctions are serious interventions, and governments are best placed to decide when, where, and how to apply them. Let me fucking repeat that! Coinbase fully supports these efforts by government authorities. Sanctions are serious interventions, and governments are best placed to decide when, where, and how to apply them. Fuck Coinbase. I have money on Coinbase. I will immediately be pulling it off of Coinbase. I will never use fucking Coinbase again, as long as I live. At least not until the CEO's ousted, and this piece of shit's ousted. I'm already pissed off the Coinbase is complying with the taxation. Now they're talking about working hand in hand with government. They acknowledge on one hand, we want to provide a freedom, a monetary freedom for the entire world. And then at the other side of his ass, he blows this fucking fart in your face, saying that they will comply completely with governments and governments know the best way to apply sanctions, to control your access to money. Isn't that cute? Defeats the entire purpose of a decentralized banking system, doesn't it? If you're going to allow the government to allow who, or who or decide who gets to access crypto, who doesn't get to access crypto, to sanction entire countries and deny them access to crypto, this is bananas, I mean, I I don't even know how you write that and not immediately read it back and go, I sound like a fucking idiot. It's literally going against itself within the same post, within two paragraphs. Do you think governments know how the best people to sanction? What point to me, at what point a government has made a good decision on sanctioning anybody that's actually led to substantive change that didn't simply punish, destroy homes, Displaced families and lead to more economic hardship, which often then leads to violence, leads to bloodshed, leads to refugees, leads to people being homeless. Not only homeless from their own homes, but nation homeless. Leads to destabilizing regions. But Coinbase is all in on that. Nice work, Coinbase. Way to go. Just sickening. I mean, to bend over like that. Governments know the best way to apply a sanction. Governments know best guys. Now come use our decentralized platform. <laughs> ah, my brain, somebody, my brain, it hurts, hurts from that shit. Anyway, point being, I just, I, you know, you see this woke warfare, this woke corporate warfare. You see the useful idiot, the usefulest idiots out marching in the streets, calling for a no-fly zone. And, you know, I just can't help thinking back. We had the Charlottesville riots, right, where people are marching around going, Jews will not replace us. And we were told that this was the greatest danger to America. You had the January 6th you know, quote unquote, riots, the uh, the great invasion on Capitol Hill, where a bunch of dipshits marched in and took selfies and farted on Nancy Pelosi's desk, all of whom are now either uh, you know in jail, on, probo- on probation, or in the sad case of uh, of one woman shot dead by a Capitol officer for doing nothing. We were told that was the greatest threat to our nation. Seems to me the people marching in the streets, calling for a no-fly zone that could, literally kill every man, woman, and child in this nation. A little bit of a bigger issue, but the media, the military industrial complex, big pharma backed, paid for, uh, didn't get a crumb from a government spook or military uh, spying institution that it didn't run with and love and lap up like a dog licking peanut butter off a perverted kid's dick. They can't report enough on this. They love reporting on all of these marches to support of Ukraine. My my Philadelphia Eagles, who I love so much, posted that they stand with Ukraine and had uh, the stadium in blue and yellow. You know what I don't want you to do? I don't want you to stand with Ukraine. I don't want you to stand with any nation. How about that, Philadelphia Eagles? I want you to shut the fuck up and have a decent draft. How about you pay attention to football? How about you go win a championship for me so I can check out and not have to think about politics rather than grandstanding about this garbage? Everton did that as well. Everton got a little karma. They just got their asses stomped five to zero by Tottenham. They're probably going to get regulated. How's the virtue signaling working out, guys? You done standing with Ukraine? Have you stand for fucking stopping goals going in your net and scoring some goals? Maybe a little bit better. But the reporting on this is just outside the box, ridiculous. Not not even not even paying any lip service to how dangerous a precedent this is to our people marching in the streets to try to engage with a nuclear opponent. We are not in the age of reason, my friends. All right. Next thing I want to talk about here is the gas issue. Naturally, this is stemming, you know, the Biden administration, they don't want to blame Ukraine or they don't want to blame, I'm sorry, the economy. They don't want to blame the supply chain issues. They don't want to play blame inflation, which we already know is massive, like 7% inflation. They don't want to link that with gas prices, right? They're going to blame it all on Ukraine. Now you think this is a coincidence that Biden's cutting off the imports of gas from the Ukraine, that they're looking to places like Venezuela. Let's look to our communist friends in Venezuela. For gasoline, right? Because we can't deal with the, co- the quasi-communist, not even communist, just corrupt capitalist uh, Russians anymore, right? So let's turn to truly communist Venezuela or truly socialist Venezuela, a country that we have sanctioned, right? Let's not forget, we were sanctioning the shit out of Venezuela too. And now, oh, how the sanctioned world turns now we're talking Venezuela again. So we're going to boost up that corrupt socialist dictatorship that is Put its people in such an awful situation by completely destroying its own currency, by pushing forth socialist policies, like taking people's houses away from them and giving them away to other houses, like imposing price caps on things like bread, which caused massive shortages throughout the country with sanctioning and rationing water because only the government controls the water supply. Let's give them a bunch of money because Russia invaded another country that the Biden's got a, a lot of money from. Because that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I don't know. Country math, foreign policy math. But the gas prices are skyrocketing. Now, this is very convenient for Biden because now they can say, oh, we can just blame that on the Ukraine. Right. It's the pipeline. These damn Ukrainians, these Russians, they have too much too much influence on the gas. Right. And you'd think that would lead us to say, "Okay, well, let's get more pipelines here. Let's approve the XL pipeline. But of course, the Democrats don't want to do that either because it's all in the same plan. Drive up gas prices through the roof. Now, this is all the long-term buying plan too. Get get people's attention off COVID. Get people's attention off the price of goods with a nice little war, right? So we're distracting with the war. Everybody's reporting on the war, not the inflation, not not the supply chain issues, not shortages of everything in the supermarket, not the amount of money it costs you to fill up your tank. Let's talk about the war. And then let's conveniently blame gas prices on the war. And then let's also deny America building out its own gas infrastructure again, right? Where we could easily be fracking and and getting gas out of the ground, getting oil out of the ground, where we could easily be bringing in the Keystone pipeline, getting oil from other places. Democrats still reject that. Why? Oh, that's right. Because it supports the agenda of forcing people off of gasoline. And of course, Kamala Harris, the sweet, kind woman that she is, I posted that, well, you wouldn't have a problem, you know, if you just had an EV vehicle. And Pete Buttigieg, same thing. Oh, oh, well, yeah, you know, EV vehicles looking better now. Now, these EV vehicles can't operate on a grid that has no fossil fuels in it, by the way. We're not there yet. We don't have the capability. It would collapse. If there's a cloudy day, it'll collapse. You have to have a fossil fuel backbone because, number one, if everybody goes EV, the amount of stress on our electrical infrastructure will be Unbelievable! Not just on the infrastructure, but just generating that much power. Which means you have to do one of two things: either you have to continuously use fossil fuels to generate that in the form of coal, in the form of you know any other number of you know uh, natural gas burning, or <gasps> nuclear. Which, of course, the Democrats and the progressives and the eco nuts all hated for a long time, despite really no sound reasoning other than to go Chernobyl. You know, Chernobyl, which we were told the Russians were trying to blow up, which, of course, was also horse shit. Now we have clean nuclear energy. So unless we build a shit ton of clean nuclear energy, nuclear, I can't speak I'm like George Bush, nuclear energy plants, which are going to take years to, to build. Right. So you can't force EV through. Well, we still need to have gasoline and everyday people are still getting fucked. But again, this is a convenient way for the Democrats to force people into trying to go EV, to tell people that it's just unsustainable. There's too much unsecurity here and on and on and on. Right. So it fits their agenda perfectly. Now, the sad thing is, and again, I don't necessarily know if I trust this poll, but a poll came out saying 71% of Americans would pay more at the pump to end a war. All right. Now, like I said, I have to wonder who they're polling because I don't think that this this kind of runs contrary to another poll. There's another poll that said that, you know, overwhelmingly, Americans do not support putting troops on the ground and getting involved in a war in Ukraine or in Ukraine. Now, this poll seems to be misleading, in my opinion, because it's saying 71 percent would pay more to end the war. I think that that is misconstrued. I think this is some clever rearranging of the language. And I bet they were not asked the question, would you pay more to end the war? I bet it was, would you pay more to keep America out of the war? Because I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck what happens, honestly, in Ukraine. I don't think it should impact my life. I don't think it should impact my ability to get to work. I don't think it should impact my ability to pay my mortgage, to pay my heating bills. You know, we're already talking about a heating oil shortage this winter. And, you know, it's, there was a lot of hoopla. It didn't really come to the forefront, but I don't know. It's still wintertime now. It's still snowing. It's still cold. You still have to get places. You still have to drive buses, still have to take children to school. You know, there's still needs for these fossil fuels. And I don't think 71% of people, are going to be like, yeah, double my gas bill as long as it ends this war. And this is also presuming, did they give them a time frame? Is this just an open-ended question? Do they think that they're going to have to pay one fuel tank filled with uh, with gasoline at $5 a gallon, which is what it is, it's actually almost $6 a gallon. I'm just driving around LA today. And that's going to end the war? I hate to tell you, but it's not. Russia's got enough money for now. To continue to fight at this level in Ukraine, and as I said, and I'll double down on this Russia's not winning this war right now. It is, it reminds me of America's wars, right, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and whatever else. You know, it reminds me of that in the way that Russia is, if you're talking about damage done, sure, they're winning. If you talk about being close to declaring a victory wherein they have that territory. They've got it controlled. The population has laid down their arms. It's secure. We did it, guys. They are nowhere fucking close. Nowhere close. That's why I'm saying they're losing this war right now. And yes, I still do think that there are troops there that didn't really know what they were getting into. Now, it's hard to tell what's propaganda, what's not. Um, Oh God, there was a story my wife sent me. This ridiculous shit about an 11-year-old boy, a true hero. And this little boy marched across, you know, 100 miles alone with a, a phone number written on the back of his hand and a paper bag full of snacks. And he got all across the border. Bullshit. Bullshit. What kind of psychopath parents are going to send their 11-year-old kid out into a country in wartime with active fire, active, active bombing. We have to get him out of the country. That's the only way to do it. Uh, why don't you go hide in the woods? Instead of, instead of going to send your 11-year-old kid walking 100 miles with a with a fucking phone number written on the back of his hand and a sandwich bag? I've never heard of a bigger bullshit story. It's the Greta Thunberg of the Ukraine, right? Where you, you tell these people, like the average person's gonna go, oh my God, it's so brave, I can't believe it. And you go, this is all managed, this is coordinated, this is a PR stunt, this kid has handlers, this kid probably got a documentary film crew following him. It's a hoax. It's either the greatest miracle perpetrated by the stupidest parents in the entire world, or it's bullshit. And my Occam's razor says bullshit. But, Propaganda right? Sometimes it's hard to tell the truth from, from what's not true. The one truth I think is accurate is that a lot of these Russian military fighters that are out there are young kids that didn't know what they were getting into. As I said last show, they were they were probably told they're going to be liberators, they're going to march in, that the majority of the Ukrainians want to be Russians again, and that they're just being held down by a corrupt government, which they are, right? The government in Ukraine is unbelievably corrupt, unbelievably fucking corrupt. And that they're looking for an out. They look. They want somebody to come in there and get their country back on track. Well, turns out that's not the case. So they're probably disillusioned. They're probably like, fuck, I did not expect to be fighting in this war right now. You know, it's not right. I know I signed up for it, but I didn't sign up for this. So I do think it's going to be taxing. But at the same time, they, Russia has not gone full scale. You know, like they, c- they could do more. They could spend more. And I still think they've got plenty of money because they are rich in gas. There's going to be somebody that takes that, whether it's China that buys up all of their fossil fuels or whether it's North Korea or what, any other nation. There are other trading partners that will be happy to take that oil. Just because Europe is trying to cut them off and squeeze that, just because we're trying to sanction them, doesn't mean that no money's coming in there, guys. I hate to, I hate to break it to you. But... It's going to make it tougher on the everyday people. <laughs> it's going to galvanize them for sure. Anyway, I just can't, I have this this poll of the US people, 71% would pay more to I mean, it's just yeah, stupid. It's just a question that's phrased in a specific way to make it seem like, "Oh, well yeah, of course I uh, would." And it's also one of those dumb questions where people get called about it, right? And you go, "Okay, who's answering their phones?" I don't answer my phone if I see a number I don't recognize. I don't do it because I get scam, spam calls all the time. I get calls that say spam or scam likely. Are you telling me the polling agency is coming through and it's not going scam, spam? You know, am I going to recognize it? Is it going to come through as uh, ABC polling company or is it going to be some random number I'm not going to pick up and they're not going to leave a message because they know I'm not going to call them back. So who are they calling again? To remind you, this is why the polling system was so completely broken during the Trump times. They're calling people who have landlines. They're calling old people. They're calling stupid people who pick up their phone. They're calling lonely people in old folks' homes. And that's who they're talking to. So naturally, these people who don't go out, they're sitting around to answer the phone and just pick up random phone calls, right? Either that or they're activists that are on a call list specifically to answer polling questions. They can't get enough. They just can't wait to answer the polling questions. Of course, these are the shitheads that are gonna say, yeah, I can't wait to pay more money at the pump. They're not talking to the everyday person that is out there spending the money to get to work. That I promise you. How uh, about a little cursor break for our friends from Paloma Verde? Hey guys, a quick commercial break here. Sponsor break for two libertarians, Vanessa Abelor and her husband, Carlos, two libertarians who run a CBD company you're going to enjoy. That is Paloma Verde CBD. Let me spell that for you so you can know where to find it. p- a l-o m a v e r d e cbd.com Now you can use the promo code ROAR to get 25% off your order of $75 or more free shipping though. So that's awesome to help support libertarian causes, libertarian entrepreneurs, and also this show. Let me tell you about these products. These are premium-grade, THC-free, and with mostly organic ingredients. They've got some mink tinctures that are fantastic. Onset about 20 minutes, last four to six hours, guys. Green apple gummies, also strawberry lemonade. Those will last about six to eight hours as well. Fast-acting, everyday soft gels, 10 milligrams. Those will hit you fast and hard if you're in pain, if you need some relief quick. And of course, they also have their salves. I'm looking forward to this. Mark is still hoarding it. I'm going to go over and non-aggressively, non-aggression principally, Punch him in the face. <laughs> but I do want to use this solve on my sore knee, this eucalyptus lavender solve. But anyway, guys, check them out. Great company. Support libertarianism, support us, and support them. Go to palomaverdecbd.com. Remember, use that promo code ROAR for 25% off your order of $75 or more and free shipping. Ah, oh, there you go. I know I said that wrong. It's it's got a little bit of a commercial, pardon me. I didn't feel like recording a new one. Mark doesn't live near me anymore. He lives in Mexico. <laughs> I could still go for a punch in the face. Um, All right, last story here. I just, okay, so number one, US Senate passed a bill to end the COVID emergency uh, for COVID-19, right? 48, 47, right? All the Democrats, every Democrat voted against ending the COVID-19 state of emergency. How perverted is that? How sick, it shows you who the authoritarian party is it is the Democratic Party because they don't want to give up the control that they've earned from this. They want to keep this state of emergency. They would keep it forever, right? Be able to lock down people, be able to control what people can buy, when they can go out, what they can do if they have to wear masks or not, who can go to school, who can go to work. How convenient. And it's sickening that at this point, even in Los Angeles, masks are optional. Now, I still see you know, Dick, Tom, and Harry out there wearing their masks around, And if you want to wear your mask now, man, that's on you. Go for it. I'm over it. But at least it's an option now where it wasn't before. But in the vast, vast majority of the United States, something like 95% now, COVID rates have dropped to the point where even to the CDC's draconian restrictions uh, point of view, you can take your masks off. The vaccine mandates haven't dropped. They're not checking vax cards anywhere anymore. So why do we have to have a COVID-19 state of emergency? Two years wasn't enough. We were told two weeks. Where's Anthony Fauci? Fauci's not even making his rounds anymore because it's an embarrassment. It's an apology tour now. But yet these people will never apologize to you. Instead, they want to continue to push this and keep you under their boot heel. Now, I have to see. I haven't read an updated story on this yet to see. But Joe Biden, notably authoritarian cuntbag that he is, had said that if... This past, right? If it came to his desk, he would veto it. Again, no explanation, no rationale, other than the conspiracy that I floated in the past, guys. Let's not forget that my theory, and this is, oh, actually, you missed this if you didn't listen to my State of the Union. Another reason, guys, go subscribe, pause this podcast on the main feed if you're listening, or if you just happen to be out there listening, go to the Electric Liberty Land feed hit subscribe, and go listen to that episode. I talked about a conspiracy theory, which I'll tease here, but the conspiracy theory is that during the State of the Union, Joe Biden promised to lower pharmaceutical prices, right? As everybody always does. Both sides, oh, we're going to lose lower prices. They never do. Now, pharma has been gifted trillions of dollars for this Failed vaccine for this worthless poison shit they've injected into everybody they possibly could, positioned in the mainstream media as a must, pushed through every government aspect on your TV commercials, your celebrities out there doing it, everybody dancing vaccine syringes on Colbert. That shill. My theory is that the Democrats will get lowered pharmaceutical prices in exchange for continued pushing of vaccines. Joe Biden purchased 1 million of Pfizer's COVID pills and apparently is going to purchase 2 million more Pfizer COVID pills. So here's some leverage, here's some bargaining to lower drug prices overall, right? Because we've given them trillions of dollars right out of our taxpaying pockets, fresh off the printing presses, the digital presses, right? So if you're wondering why the Democrats want to continue to push this COVID-19 emergency, well, it's because at the drop of a hat, right? Maybe they need a little bit more negotiating room. Maybe Pfizer wants, or AstraZeneca, or Moderna, whoever it might be, wants a little bit more cushion for the pushing, right? Before they lower those prices. Well, we better keep that COVID-19 emergency in there. They also just look horrible because to drop the COVID-19 emergency is to admit that they have basically been defeated, right? That the COVID beat them because nothing they did worked, So why would you not simply admit, okay, it's time to let this go? Oh, because we have to continue to be afraid. Now, this is a massive blunder, in my opinion, because we're going to the midterms where they're projected to be absolutely routed. The only thing that might drop back, and this is why the war drums are drumming, right? And the media is out there ramping it up because they're all rabid Democrats for the most part, is that the Ukrainian situation may boost the Democrats in the midterms. I don't think it will personally. I think that it, there's nothing that's going to save them, and I don't think that that leadership and Joe Biden having a slight uptick in his polling results because of the Ukrainian situation, where to remind you, he did not send troops in, which everybody agreed on, except these psychopaths that wanted to fly zone, doesn't mean that the Democrats as a whole are going to be more favorably viewed. I, I think they're still going to get absolutely destroyed. But I'm just pointing out that keeping this COVID-19 emergency system in there allows them to once again impose more sanctions to say, oh, we need more vaccine mandates. Oh, you have to get boosted because now there's a new variant on Omicron, guys. I thought the variant, by the way, of Omicron was the Delta variant, right? So are we going back to the past? Just like with the Cold War, we're going back to Omicron again for another variant, which I thought was the Delta variant. And wouldn't the next one just be whatever's after the Delta variant? Apparently not, because the media now is trying to scare people into being afraid of Omicron all over again. And of course, Omicron, if you remember, that was the bad one. That was the real bad one. Delta's not bad, but Omicron, oh, triple masks, triple vaxxed, quadruple boosted, fall over when you're a stand-up comedian on stage and crack your skull. Bob Saget might have died because he was triple vaxxed. This is how I get my, my YouTube content flagged and pulled. But having that COVID emergency gives them that, Power gives them that leverage, right? So why would you want to give it up? Especially if you're trying to negotiate for lower drug prices. Mm -hmm. Something to think about. Here's a couple other things to think about, guys, to wrap this shoe up. Uh, Listen to Burning Daylight, our buddy Matt McKinley over there, cowboy, libertarian, wrangling, drinking, slanging, liberty, and probably chewing tobacco. I don't know for sure on that, but I just imagine any cowboy, and he is a true cowboy, uh, riding on a horse, probably spitting chomp, Right in this platoon, and listen to our buddy Tyler Colford, aka Crypto Man with a K, and his awesome track, rap track, hashtag Free Ross. Free Ross goes every time you download that track, hashtag Free Ross. Every time you download, that money goes towards supporting freedom for Ross Ulbricht all right guys that's gonna wrap it up to remind you go subscribe to electric liberty land go join our patreon get your good morning fuckheads get your state of the unions get the bonus content we put out there and of course, we've got three shows here in the lines of liberty. We've got Mark on Mondays with the flagship show, different topics, different liberty focuses, and he's expanding his purview a little bit more, too, to give a little bit more insight into, um, I don't know, freedom of expression, of living, etc. and also getting into some wacky conspiracy stuff, which is always fun for everybody, and John finding freedom, having people on how to expand your personal freedom. And as I said, I'm going to be doing a little re- bit of rebranding myself here making the show a little bit more fun, right? I don't want to just yell at you guys. I want to make it funnier. I want to make it more fun. I want to get more into the cultural stuff. More comedy literally will be the only existing entertaining libertarian, funny libertarian podcast. Yes, I say that. I come it after you, Dave. I'm funnier than you. Bring it on. Spank your ass. (laughs) Anyway, no, I, I do love Dave. I had fun hanging out with him in, uh, in California for a little bit. All right, guys, that's it. For me, Brian McWilliams from Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land for now. Always stay plugged in to liberty. <laughs>